Hello everyone, welcome to F1 101. We are Brandon and Olivia, and this is the episode you've all been waiting for. We're doing 2022 season preview. All right, lots going on this week. We're gonna we're gonna get to it all. Uh one thing though is most of the other podcasts, they're all about predictions. It's who's gonna win. Yeah. How's the grid gonna be ranked? But you give your top ten, you see you gotta Feel out who's going to be, where the grid placements are going to be. My take on that is that at this point, that is essentially worthless. Like, no one knows anything. This season is so particular because everything's being scrambled up. We can't use what we knew from last season and apply that knowledge. So instead of doing like a regular prediction type deal, we're going to do some wishes, some... Things to watch. Things to watch. We're gonna things maybe we're looking for we looking for. Things we're gonna be wanting to follow this the season. Um things that we're just excited to for it to happen. So we're gonna try to flip this a little bit away from prediction kind of language into just like let's get excited for this season. Yeah, we're not telling you who to put your money on on FanDuel or something. This is more <laughs> like narrative context. Storylines, sure. plot lines, characters. Yeah, we want to just enrich the coming drama, whatever it will hold. Because if we, you know, bet, oh, Olivia says Max is going to win, and I say Lewis, you know, what do you guys care? And what do, <laughs> and what do we know? There's so little data to go on. We've had one um, essentially closed-door testing. We don't have access to that data, neither do any other commentators or journalists. Like, unless you're in one of these garages and actually looking... <laughs> At the internal data, you we have no idea which cars. Maybe are really Lewis be good lurking yet. around all the paddocks. Maybe he knows. Yeah, I'd, I'd we listen, don't. I would listen to Lewis's <laughs> prediction. All right, so maybe before we do that, we should we address a little news the off Haas the top. in the room. The Haas in the room, um, and one one of the Haas's has been uh, bounced from the room by uh, security. Yeah, uh, he's left the club. He's been asked <laughs> to leave the club yes. and pay and his ge- tab. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, everyone's favorite F1 racer, Nikita Mazepin, uh, will no longer be, be with us. Haas announcing just this morning that they have terminated their contract, both with driver and with... Sponsor. Uh, sponsor, Ural Cowley, I'm surely mispronouncing that, uh, owned by Dimitri Mazepin, who is a, a personal associate of, uh, Putin for what it's worth. yeah. Nikita Mazepin to his career, F1 career in numbers. Yeah. He's had 21 race starts, 22 spin outs. So <laughs> slow clap wherever you are for Nikita yeah. Mazepin. Light a, light the a drama candle. with him is are we going to get a 20th place or a DNF? It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, not to, you know, to bash on the guy. I can certainly appreciate working, you know, all, you know, winter break for the season, trying their heart your hardest to get back into it. And it kind of, without of your own volition being taken away. However, his money was what brought him into the sport. His money is kind of what taking him out. Yeah. I feel a little yeah. bit like poetic justice. I mean, just the balance has been righted in the world. Yeah. You know, there's only 20 spots in F1. He's not the only driver to have gotten in uh, on the basis of his money. As his money goes, it's arguably, you know, on the dirtier side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other angle is he's just not very good at this F1 thing. And 
to give someone else a chance will be better for the neutral viewers. There's talk about the most likely outcome seems to be that it'll be their reserve driver, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi, who's the grandson of Emerson Fittipaldi, who won uh, one or two world championships uh, way back. I don't know a lot about him. He's done a lot of different kinds of racing, including IndyCar and a, a number of the Junior Series, Formula Series. He's a little bit older than you'd think for uh, how old a is rookie. It? He's 25, so okay. it makes you wonder at that age like how high your ceiling is. I'm not saying he couldn't be okay or a bit better than Mazepin, but... Right. You're not, what you're not doing with a 25 year old is giving yourself a chance to develop someone who could potentially really go far in the sport. If I am Haas, then I'm putting all my money on Mick Schumacher anyway. So what you really want to do now is just find a driver that is going to support him or be a good match with him and really just trying to revamp and clean up your image. So I don't know. I like. I like Piastri. I think he's a great up-and-comer. I don't know if that would be like the best fit for this team. It definitely would be the best outcome for Piastri. Some people were talking about bringing Hulkenberg back, Giovinazzi back, and that would be a great person to steward, you know, our young young Schumacher. Yeah, but I feel like both those drivers, and I like them both, but they've kind of... They've shown what their ceiling I know, is. They which flamed, is, they've burned and they flamed out. It's a respectable ceiling, but I don't know. As in, I would just love to see Piastri get a chance to be on the grid this year and and show what he can do. But I would just like has to have a little bit more, just a little bit more hopefulness into their team. I mean, you can do you can do poorly yeah. in a, in an F one season, but as long as you have this idea that you're going to build on something, that you're going to compete better next year, that you've like created build a foundation for something, they just seem to be slipping and slipping so far back. And honestly, getting away from the Mazepins is going to be just a step in the direction of dignity and self-respect, which is something we we want uh, for all the teams. Yeah, we want to root for everyone. This this is, I think, the best outcome, I think, for for everyone involved. So my, my condolences to Nikita. I mean, definitely not his fault, but... Bye, I guess. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you later. Yeah, I'll catch you catch you in the Moscow club scene. Yeah. Uh, so lots going on. Um, Bahrain testing next week. Mm-hmm. Drive to survive drops next week, Friday, I think. So we'll we'll be following these things coming up, and then the weekend after that, we're into the races. So lots to come here on. F1 101. And to that end, we have added a donation button on our webpage. We'll put a link in the show notes. But I'm hoping to go to Chipotle next week. Someone's got to part 99 cents so Brandon can get (laughs) chips and guac. And when when I get my uh, vegetarian bowl, I would like to pay the extra $2 for the guacamole. (laughs) And that's where you guys come in. So if two of you can subscribe at 99 cents a month. I'm going to have a great lunch, so thanks in advance. Um, my lunch is... All right, we'll give... We'll, Brandon, get all the proceeds go to Brandon. Right, he, he needs it. He needs, a, he needs a W. All right, so... All right, let's start this out. So we've got a few categories here. Yes, why don't you get, let us like know like, what our pre-season preview categories are, and then we'll just run through them. We're going to do... Yeah, and we'll, we'll do this kind of quick. So first, 
we're each going to share three storylines that we're going to be watching and looking forward to. So like three drivers, three maybe, what, like three different teams, three different anything that well, like can, we you, are looking forward to and just sort of seeing as like they progress throughout the season. Just a, a, a plot point, a thread you're going to be looking toward, you can interpret yeah. that how you want. Then three particular races or tracks you're especially excited about. One drive, all right, and then and then the back end here we're getting a little more predictionally, but one driver you think is a candidate to really break through, level up, mm-hmm. uh, and then a, a driver who you think may be at risk of of crashing out, mm-hmm. uh, and then lastly one wish. The genie gives you one F one wish oh. for the coming season. What is it? I love it. Okay. All right. So first, two storylines to watch. Olivia, you want to start us out? I mean, this might be a little bit boring, but the first one that comes to mind, just something I'm I'm going to be watching for, is seeing how Lando does this season. He was climbing up so high. He was just like rising, rising, and he had a couple of just, I mean, honestly, bad luck. I mean, the weather yeah. involved, there was some technical issues, there was... The way that things sort of shook down, shook down for him at the end, second half of the season was a little bit out of his control. Yeah. That not to say that he wasn't clearly affected by things and I think needed to build a little bit more thickness of skin. And his loss in Sochi was especially rough. I can't wait to see the way that that's depicted uh, on the Netflix show. Actually, I, 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 We need a little behind the scenes on that. Yeah. Well, there's going to be George Russell crying more than Lando, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, so Lando teetering on the brink of greatness last year but couldn't quite yeah. stick the landing. I feel like he's we're in a good position for him to really succeed. I would like to see that happening. Okay. I don't, how that's going to look, I don't know. Is it going to be a world championship? Is it going to be more podiums? I mean, I would like... If I had a personal wish right now, I would like to see Lando score above the Ferraris personally. Okay. Speaking of sticking a landing, my first storyline to watch, and it's a big one, is... Who nails the new car specs and who fails mm. the new car specs? Mm-hmm. Someone is going to do better than we thought at adapting to this new paradigm quickly. And someone is going to be a little more behind the pace relative to our expectations. So if we were doing predictions, you know, I would start with the grid last year. That's, I think, the starting point for where these teams are at. But the truth is, we don't know. Someone out there is ahead of the curve and someone is behind it. And... In those first few races, we're going to start to get a sense of who, and I can't, I can't wait to find out. So you don't have any sense? You just, nope, you just nope. want to see who I have, I have no first. idea. I mean, a lot of people are thinking maybe, maybe Ferrari is going, is going to come back to the top level. I'd love to see it. Uh, they ran a lot of laps in qualifying. The car is uh, seem to be fast. It's porpoising a lot. I think they'll figure that out. Um, yeah, maybe Ferrari and McLaren looked good in testing. It's hard to say how much we can know from that first testing. But in a, in a couple weeks, this story is going to start to come into focus. Because there are so many new regulations and there's more tracks than ever this year, do you think that some of the younger drivers have a leg up on some of the more experienced ones? I mean, Vettel has been through several different eras at this point, technological eras. I mean, he's been very adaptable, but I think, does adaptability outperform knowledge? 
in this point? Like, is the person who is going to figure out this car and be able to just do that better? Is that maybe for that suits like a younger mentality? Is that going right. to be better than maybe the experience of <laughs> Hamilton and Alonzo? Part of me thinks, uh, you know, those guys are so smart about driving that yeah, they'll be yeah. able to adapt quickly. Someone like Alonzo, who knows everything you can know about how to drive an F1 car, but maybe also they're more stuck in their ways and, you know, the younger brains are a little more elastic. Who Not to be ageist here, but knows? I do wonder, it's something I think about because you're onto something about the whoever is going to be the quickest to adapt is yeah. going to have a huge advantage. And we know that when certain drivers change teams, the failure to adapt is kind of like their downfall. So, um, yeah, I'm looking, I'll be looking out for that. Okay, second storyline... All right, I actually still have to think of mine, so you go ahead. What's okay. your next one? Okay. Um, my second one, while we're on the subject of the cars, is as it relates to the new aerodynamic aspects of these cars, is will they provide the kind of racing that they were aimed to provide? Will closer following be possible, as was the goal? Will that lead to more passing on track? That's what we hope for. That's mm-hmm. what we want. Is is that going to happen? Early indications from Barcelona suggest the cars should be able to follow closer and still keep their downforce. Uh, but on the flip side, George Russell was saying that because of that, the slipstream effect might be less. It might be, you know, one step forward and one step back in terms of the way, you know, you get an aerodynamic delta on the car that you're trying to pass. So we'll see. Um I'm hopeful that it works out, but uh, it may not. It may be, you know, slightly more complicated ultimately. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know a lot about the technical aspect of it, but I wonder if the amount of passing, increasing the amount of passing, isn't also increasing the amount of risk. And um, you're, if what is, I mean, is it people are just going to be giving, taking spaces and giving them back? I mean, how closely is that? Is this going to make for that much fair racing? I don't know. It's Marines be seen. All right, but my next storyline to watch is I want to see how Yuki does this season. He has his finishes his his rookie season. More than anyone, he has been very vocal about not doing well. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's hard on himself. Yeah, and I mean, he maybe like you know jumps the gun and then like says what people are gonna say before. Um, he didn't do too horribly bad though. He had a couple of. You know, well, in the top he, 10 finishes. he mixed the horribly bad with the really good. I mean, yeah. he was all over the place. One of my favorite moments from last year, though, overlooked at while the Max and Lewis rivalry was going down to the wire in Abu Dhabi, and probably no one was even paying attention to any other drivers, was uh, Yuki making a sick inside move on Valtteri Botas in the Mercedes, just passing him outright. Yeah. No DRS. Yeah. It was just one of those moments of, you know, the old are getting complacent and, and the young are, are brave and courageous and believing in themselves and they're here to take you out. <laughs> so it's a little bit of a, you know, potential changing of the guard situation. So I hope that a moment like that is, is a sign of things to come from Yuki. I'm looking forward to maybe Yuki improving somewhat. I'm looking forward to the partnership between Yuki and, and Gasly. I mean, they're they seem very close. I like it as as a as a match. Um, I want to see Alphatari jump ahead of Al- Alpine. 
That'd be cool. I want them to to gain a gain of space, and I feel like they have the they have the means to do so. I want to see that. That would feel like a really like satisfying win for me if when I see Pierre and Yuki really make good together. They're, yeah. That's gonna those, that's the those, romance that we all need right now. Those two drivers are you know especially F one one hundred one favorites and we love the, the alpha tower uh new livery is beautiful the yeah. clothes of alpha tower on the other hand are absolutely hideous but <laughs> well a topic for another day yeah brandon's but, literally podcasting in old running clothes so he you can't talk about fashion alpha tower <laughs> if you choose to sponsor this podcast i we, will retract we, those <laughs> words you could you could use a little upgrade alpha, alpha tower okay okay my last storyline that i'm looking for is who emerges as the main rival of Max of his generation mm. for the coming years. Ooh, obviously, that, it's I know, Lu- that's a good one. obviously it's Lewis now, and it may still be Lewis this year, um, but that won't last forever. Who of that of his same generation emerges as the one who he's really going to be going head to head with and having to ward off? There's a few candidates, obviously. Yeah. Charles Leclerc, even Carlos Sainz at Ferrari, uh, George Russell, of course, Lando. Uh, Gasly might have the talent, but probably it will need to be in a slightly better car. Uh, so yeah, who who of those really takes a step forward and says, of this group, I'm I'm the one. We'll Assuming see. that Red Bull has a competitive car and Max is still, you know, good enough to go for round two. Assuming that. Nothing would make me think otherwise, but you never know. Um, all right, my final storyline to watch. This also is not incredibly inventive. I'm sure if I you know, had thought about it for longer than one second, I would come up with something better. But I am just so intrigued by this Ferrari lineup. And I don't know which way it's going to go. I like Charlotte Clark just as much as I like Carlos Sainz. I don't even know personally if I was Mattia Bonotto. I mean, who I would pick to be my number one, number two. But if they are going to be in a competitive car, and if they're both going to be doing so well, like you say, Max, if he is going to reign supreme, there's going to need to be someone to take take up arms against him. Right. Who would you pick? I don't know. So I want to see how they go. I want to see how that maybe the tension they're seeing... Ferrari is like so passionate and like exciting to watch, but they have a history of like a lot of tension and rivalry, but in between their team, even within the organization. I mean, Ferrari yeah. is such a unique culture. It's a huge company. Um, all the other F one teams, even those associated with big brands like Mercedes or Renault or Red Bull, their F one operations are all like physically separate from those corporate entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a more small, a smaller thing. Whereas Ferrari's right there in Italy, part of one of the, one of the main firms in Italy's economy, the players in Italian domestic politics. There's a lot of internal machinations in Ferrari that make it a totally unique, just like institution. Yeah. Um, anyway, a lot of people in terms of driver lineups, like averaging both drivers would, would say Ferrari has the strongest. Um, because there's not a clear second driver, there's not a step down from the one driver to the other. Uh, But I think that harmony between those two was also sort of abetted by the fact that they weren't competing mostly for race wins. They were competing maybe for 
fourth or fifth or something like that. If their car was a little bit better to where they're competing for race wins and maybe one of them is within striking distance of a driver's championship, I think it becomes suddenly a lot harder to just be like, oh, yeah, we're both good, we're friends, we just see what happens each weekend. It's like, And Ferrari itself as a team would have to prioritize a driver if they want someone to win a driver's championship. No, exactly. Now, maybe they wait you know, four or five races in and see if someone jumps out to a lead and, and go with that. But that's something to watch. If, if their car is truly competitive at the highest level, it's going to be a lot harder than it has been to maintain this, you know, we don't have a second driver kind yeah. of ethos. The cuffs are going to come off at some point. Okay, so we are moving on to three tracks or particular races to look forward to. For my list, I'm going to emphasize other tracks that went missing for a variety of reasons, COVID, other things, uh, and things that we missed out on last year. So I'm saying Suzuka in Canada, which are two tracks that have been, we've taken a year or two off from, mostly for COVID-related restrictions. Also, both tracks that people really like, drivers like. They're considered, you know, top shelf, just in pure racing terms. I'm also going to add Spa to that list because it was rained out last year. And that's, you know, a consensus top three F1 track. Spa is on my list, too. We were robbed from that. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, George Russell got his dubious points. I mean, I don't. (laughs) It was all a big mishmash. I mean, Lando got his, you know, some extra sleep, I guess. We all kind of did during that race. I I call Spa the death track because it feels like it, everyone, like somebody near or around it, like, has, like, some sort of accident. It's It feels haunted. It is. And, like, and that's why we're looking forward to it. I'm being, like, not totally right about it. I do like it. It is always it always brings some sort of drama. Like it always is gonna rain at like the exact like the wrong or right time. Um, so I'm looking forward to spa. I'm also looking forward to the Japanese Grand Prix. Listeners don't know. But oh, yeah. on Sundays I do a theme dinner that it is in you know, inspired by the country and the cuisine where the racing is. Right. And I need some sushi. Yeah, Japan's gonna be it's, gonna be a good one. I want the soba noodles, I want little edamame pods, and I want my sushi. So we gotta bring that back if for no other reason. Um other another track, my third track would be Miami. Mm. Um don't know what to expect really. Don't know what to expect. I mean it might just be like total spectacle, but it's an American Grand, you know, Grand Prix. It's going to be on East Coast time. I mean, what's not to love about that? It's like just wrapped up in a bow for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love one day to go. I just, I just think I'm, I'm just going to be excited for it. What, you know, whether it turns out good or bad, whether it's you know on the top track or not, like I'm just happy to. I feel like we have a place at the table, and I'm excited. Also, uh, Australia back for the first time in at least. I think we took two years off from them. Uh, a slightly redesigned track. That's right, yeah. Apparently they were consulting Daniel Ricardo and maybe a few other drivers about the kind of changes oh, they'd sure like to see. That. So maybe he built in some, you know, hard braking <laughs> spots where he typically uh tends to use his passing opportunities. So very cool. We'll That's see. true. I if I had a fourth to pick a fourth one, I would say Australia. We got, you know. I'm mean, be, be glad to be back there. 
All right, so one driver who breaks through. Olivia, who's who's coming good this year? <sighs> who's reaching a new height? I don't know. I would like if the car is good and Max is doing well, I'd like to see I'd like to see Checo really really come through and close the gap yeah i it would make red bull them more competitive for the constructors championship Mm -hmm. and i think that'd be great um i know that red bull would love it i mean perez would be personally like hugely satisfying um he's not been recognized as as good as he is Mm. you know actually you know last year he had a pretty decent season and it's like kind of just like Goes unnoticed. I go back and forth about Checo. On the one hand, he did have a pretty decent season. So many highlights of just brave defending and uh, helping Max out in a lot of ways. But also, he was like, you know, nearly 200 points behind Max in the same car, which is an atrocious... I mean, that argues in the other direction. I, I, I can't make up my mind. He's He has some real facets of strength as a driver but there's something that's not not quite the full the full package either his first year with the team adjusting so we'll, we'll see we'll i mean hoping I, for good things i was gonna say pierre but like pierre's like always breaking through he's like always overperforming. yeah he's always doing great um i hope i always hope better for him every season but i'm something in me saying i want perez to do this make it good let's put you know Let's support Max also. Let's get some constructors points. Um, I like seeing Checo up there. All right. My answer kind of revisiting an earlier topic, but I'm going with Yuki. Yeah. Uh, Such a mixed first season. I feel like Yuki has a high ceiling and a low floor. Like if things go wrong, (laughs) I think Yuki's out. You know, he could be out of the sport after this year and he could take a step forward and be a clearly promising driver with a great future. But... I'm hoping he puts it together a little more, eliminates some of the mistakes, and uh, shows us what he could what he could do. Another candidate we didn't mention, but just something to watch out for is 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 Mick Schumacher take a step forward. It's his second year mm-hmm. in the sport. They say he did well. He you know out qualified and out drove Mazepin consistently in the same car. So. If he has a better car to work with, he could show us if 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 he's truly truly one to watch. Yeah. All right, one driver who crashes out, Mazepin now off the list. He would have been a, a candidate for this. Um, hmm. you want to go first? Well, I have a very unpopular opinion. I don't mind having unpopular opinions. I have a bunch of them, but I feel like there is such a high expectation on George Russell. He's supposed to be the successor to Hamilton. Yes. His, you know, maybe throwing a couple of, you know, friendly punches throughout the, the season. I don't know. I think in a lot of ways he is so capable and so talented. But I wonder if he knows how to handle pressure. If he knows how to, like, be really, like, like seen and be, have expectation on him so much, I think that affects so performance tremendously. He's been doing great in a Williams where like ba- people are barely turning their heads. I mean, he's in the front row. He's got like the best ticket. 
I don't know if he can, if he's really going to have, has like the guts for it. Maybe he has the, maybe he has like the technical skill. I don't know if he has the guts. Um, I have a, I have a sense it could go great or it could go really, really bad. I can see him maybe not holding on. It'll be the first time where he really has no excuses. I mean, he was in this position with Williams where he could have these flashes of brilliance and get everyone hyped, but... Yeah. He just falls back into 16th or 17th place. Like, you know, okay, that would be a weekend where we didn't talk about him, but he didn't get a lot of criticism or called out. It's like, yeah. if you do good, you get applause. And if you do poorly, it's like no one's holding it against you. That's kind of a good, it's kind of a sweet spot to be in for a still a younger talent. And for sure. it's going to be a totally different situation. Uh, at Mercedes, He's they're going to want him on the on the podium, and they are so about getting that constructors trophy. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being the one standing between Toto and that <laughs> eighth, ninth constructors championship trophy? I don't know. I feel I actually feel really, really bad. I don't feel ex- that excited for him. I, I'm really worried for George Russell, and I'm not sure that it's going to work out. Speaking of that second Mercedes seat. Um, He's not going to crash out, and neither is Russell for that matter, but I think Botas might find that the drop from Mercedes to Alfa Romeo is a little further even than he was hoping it was going to be. Mm. Um, and that his skills as a driver are actually more suited to kind of a front-running situation. Where you qualify and then qualify well and then just race kind of steadily and error-free. Yeah, he's uh, never really been good at defending or overtaking. Yeah, this I don't know how he does when he's in the middle of the pack, and I'm, I'm, it might it might be even more mediocre than than we yeah, were hoping. I'm bumming my, myself out now. <laughs> this is such a bummer podcast. I also think Latifi, he's not terrible, but he's not a young man anymore. He's twenty six, twenty seven. He's had a few years in the sport. He comes with some funding, so. I don't know how much, you know, how long that keeps him around. But if he doesn't take an obvious step forward, I think his justification for being on the grid is going to kind of, his clock's going to kind of run out in the eyes of many. All the more if Albon starts to really, you know, put some muscle behind that car. Um, No, you're right. I like like those, those predictions too. All right. So last but not least, our one wish for the coming season. Um... I don't know. There's so many. I'm I'm not sure which is like the the best choice to like narrow it down to one. Um, you have one, so why don't you start? Okay. And, and you give me like that. All right. Seconds. It's almost like Olivia didn't prepare for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. This little little sheet on this envelope that you wrote, part like season preview. I didn't take this seriously. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. My my wish. So I went back to the 2021 results just to confirm what I remember, which is that. A Mercedes or Red Bull won 20 out of the 22 races. Yeah. 20 out of 22 yeah. Mercedes or Red Bull. Uh, and the only times that didn't happen, Hungary were the first seven drivers were taken out in an accident. And Monza, where Lewis and Max took each other out. And Ricardo won. So basically, you know, they needed pretty significant extenuating circumstances for someone else to win. 
my hope is that not, I'm not hoping that Mercedes or Red Bull take a step back, but I'm hoping that at least Ferrari and McLaren join that top step so that you have every weekend four teams, eight drivers who are realistically competing for wins and podiums. I think that would make the season so much more spicy. And since it's a wish, I'll go even further and hope that also here and there, a driver from outside of those four teams could win a race. I would love it if old man Alonzo somehow won a race. And if, if Gasly won too, even if there could be a little room for them to be in the mix, that would be, that would be the dream. That's a very good one. If I had spoken first, I would have absolutely said that. <laughs> and if you, were paired, <laughs> if you were prepared, you would have had the opportunity to do so. But never I'm mind. Sure. Um, I'm my, my wish is just that everyone gets along and does their best. And no, no boo-boos this no, year? <laughs> no more boo-boos. Okay. Um, all right. My wish. I think to take like more of like a broad scope, my wish for this season would be that there is less drama between teams and principals and FIA leaders and cohorts. No drama. What are we in this for? I, I want it for, for the race, for, for the, for the competition, you know, the, whatever sort of bad, bad blood was between Red Bull and Mercedes or between Horner and Massey and Toto and whoever else was kind of even peripherally involved. I would like maybe a little bit of that to sort of shed away. And we are, we're seeing good sportsmanship. We're seeing competitive people. We're seeing, you know, wishes and dreams come true. I, I want, I want all of that to be just reflected in the driving and not in the. Okay. That's very vanilla, but it does sound nice. I mean, everything was so... Last year, I mean, we don't talk about... Like you said, we didn't even talk about Yuki's skill in the in Abu Dhabi because we're only talking about controversy. Right. I mean, it's all good in doses yeah. here and there, but to make everything about just like it's this against this, it takes away a lot of, I think, the, the celebration and like the beauty of the sport so sounds good last last season was definitely high on controversy yeah. in ways that are probably both good and bad let's just let's just go back to being fair and nice and i don't have to take any more heart medication anymore okay so that is it for our season preview let us know what you think remember to check out the uh donate button on our show page we'll link to that in the show notes keep me Buried in Chipotle burritos, please. <laughs> and we'll be coming at you soon with updates from uh, Bahrain testing. And yeah. maybe we'll even uh, watch a few of those Drive to Survive episodes when that drops and give some initial takes on that. I'm sure we'll have some takes. Okay. All right, guys. Talk till next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.